You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 151 from the Investigator's Seat, an interview with Juan Ravellis. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. One of the areas you've heard us talk about a lot on this show is the importance of partnerships and having effective partnerships across all kinds of organizations and stakeholders. And Sandy, one of the themes of partnership has always been with our law enforcement partners uh, throughout uh, the tenure of the show and certainly throughout the efforts in combating and addressing human trafficking. And today we have a um, a law enforcement leader here locally who I know is going to provide us with uh, even more perspective on uh, on what's what's happening currently and also the perspective from the investigation side. And that is from Anaheim Police Department, Sergeant Juan Ravellas. He has been a police officer for over 22 years for the Anaheim Police Department. As an officer, he has worked patrol operations, community policing, backgrounds unit, school resource officer, and the gang unit. He was promoted to sergeant in 2006 and has worked as a patrol supervisor. And in 2009, he was assigned to supervise the gang unit and worked in such capacity for five years. And then in August 2014, he was assigned to supervise the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force, which we've talked about many times on this uh, in this podcast, whose members include personnel from several Orange County law enforcement agencies. As part of his duties, he teaches agencies throughout the state and Orange County victim-centered approach model for combating human trafficking. He leads the Orange County uh, the, in locating victims of human trafficking, with the priority being juveniles. Uh, Sergeant Ravellis, welcome to Ending Human Trafficking. Thank you for having me on. We're really excited to have you here, Sarge. So I have a tendency to just call you Juan because I've known you so long, but I do want people to understand how critical your role is on the task force and right here in Orange County. So let me start with asking uh, a couple of questions. First of all, folks are often really surprised to learn that human trafficking happens in places like Southern California, but the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force has some pretty impressive statistics. So maybe you could update us. I know you've been doing a lot of community events lately. Yes, uh, you know, we're just surprised as well, you know, from law enforcement perspective, because we, we come to the realization that human trafficking has always been here. We've just been looking at it differently. You know, it's like we've talked before, we were looking at a prostitution problem. But over the last several years, since at least 2011, we started looking at a human trafficking problem. And it is everywhere in Orange County, from North County to South County. And so that having that in mind, then we develop uh, approaches to it. I mean, very wholesome approaches that, that we work in a collaborative approach. And that's kind of the things that... I hope we get into because I just leave the law enforcement component of the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. This is entire collaborative that together moves. It looks like sometimes mountains to get, uh, you know, these girls the help that they need to get. So tell me a little bit about what some of those mountains are and 
that especially the juvenile victims, the girls that you're talking about, what are some of those mountains? Well, I mean, the biggest one that I have to deal with and have been working through as we do our training is to really change, have law enforcement go through this paradigm shift that most of us in Orange County have gone through and other law enforcement agencies are going through that task forces. But we need the other rest of the groups, the vice units, the narcotics units that are going to run into, you know, these situations, patrol officers. You know, I always, I always analogize law enforcement to this huge carrier that it gets in one direction. and It's very hard to kind of steer in another direction. But once it does, the full force of law enforcement goes against whatever that new project is, so to speak. That's where we're at right now. We're in those years where law enforcement is switching and seeing it as human trafficking. So that's one of those big mountains that we're, that the task force as this collaborative is, is, is helps me as we create these trainings and we go up and down the state trying to change it to what it actually is. A very quick example, when the patrol guy goes there, when that investigator goes there, it's not a disturbance between two people at a hotel. There's all these red flags that you're looking at he is yelling at her. He hit her because she wasn't doing something. So that's the cop, that type of thing. The other big mountain is, is we've worked through is for us in Orange County is how do we keep these girls here so they take advantage of the programs that we have? Because a large number of them, not 80% countywide numbers, are from the outside and so are the traffickers. So for everything we have here in Orange County, how do we keep them here? What type of housing do we have for them? Those are the big picture ones that, uh, you know, that you and I are involved with in, in trying to find solutions to. So tell me, why are traffickers drawn to Orange County? It's, it's the basic uh, principle of supply and demand. We are the demand part. When that many are coming to us, we have to recognize that as a county, our issue globally and statewide is that we are the demand part, which means they're going to make more money when they come here. Their quotas go up. First, tell us how, how, what a quota is for a girl. Explain that. Who gives her a quota? So the trafficker rules everything about his uh, victim's life. What they, when they eat, when they sleep, how they dress, who they talk to, everything. And part of that is because he is just, she most likely is just there to make money for him. And as he moves around the country, depending on the market, you know, we're obviously different in San Bernardino County, he says, you must make me this amount a day before X, before you eat, before you come in and sleep, before you can see your, your child that I hold, you know, it's leverage against you. Mm. That, that's the okay. quota that's given by the trafficker. And by the way, I've run it, we have run it in every scenario that I just described. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so we think quota is a number. She has to make $1,000. We asked the survivor and, or the victim, what does that mean to you? And she goes, well, 12 to 15 men a day. That's what that, num- that's what that word means to them. Wow. And what's the quota in Orange County? It all depends. The age of the girl, the race of the girl, what he thinks he can bring from her, her sophistication. Is she working the street? Is she working the internet? Is she working the internet in South County where it's going to be higher end? It's all these different factors that take into place for him to give her quota. Wow. So it's business. It's a business. A young, and a teenage white girl that they call a snowbunny is, needs to make more money for him than an older other ethnic. Wow. And that's the way they work it. It 
she is a commodity to him and this is what you're worth to me and what you can make me. So, so what are we doing about the demand part? What are you doing? So, uh, in fact, several of the meetings that I had this morning was regarding that. So realizing that we are the issue, we will continue dealing with the traffickers. We will continue trying to locate and identify the victims. But our meat of the problem is the demand part. So over the last several months, at the start of last year, actually really focused on dealing with the demand part and created what we call an awareness campaign, a curriculum campaign that we're doing, and, and, and build that together with the Faith-Based Advisory Council that's made up of religious representatives from throughout the county. And what it is, it's a three-pronged approach to deal with the demand part. One is the awareness campaign that, we're, that we currently started off on. Secondly is obviously enforcement. And third is going to be the publicity of convicted sex purchasers. That must be the end. That must be the final stick because they are creating a major problem for the county and you are drawing these traffickers to bring these young girls or any woman here to the county so she can be sold to you. Okay, so tell me what the curriculum looks like and how would I, how would I access it? All right, so what we, what we develop is a presentation that is going to be presented to men's groups. And the reason I say men's group is because the problem is men. I, get off, I often get asked the question as to what's the demographics of a sex purchaser, and I have a very quick response where I say men because it runs the spectrum economically, socially, age-wise, you name it. So it's going to be presented. It's, you know, it's been piloted. It's, it's moving forward. I'll present it to men's groups. And basically it's this. Do not kid yourself. She's not over 18. She doesn't want to be with you. The money you give to her goes over there. This is what happens to her when you... She doesn't do exactly what you're asking or you didn't give her enough money. This is who you're drawing to bring over here. That's the curriculum there. And by the way, if you continue now listening, this is how we're enforcing it. And when I mean enforcing it, everyone always kind of thinks that we do the geographical tracks, the streets. You know, there's only a couple in Orange County. But that's only a small part now. With the Internet, the vast majority of trafficking takes place via the Internet. So I will go after all those that I don't go to the street, that they're the higher end, that they're in South County, they're drawing them to South County. That's the, that's the enforcement part. And then you have the publicity part. Now, that is going to be, as this grows and, 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 and continues to get publicity, the program is through invitation or targeted men's group. So this is where we're going right now. We are going with faith-based groups because they have established men's groups across okay. the county. That's smart. Yeah, because I can't, you know, if I was to hold a, a, put a flyer out that I'm doing, you know, don't be a sex purchase. How many people do you think would come to my meeting? <laughs> right? So we're going mm-hmm. to uh, several established men's groups within religious communities, and there's plenty out there in the county. And my meeting today was with a civic group because we need to hit those established men's groups within the civic organizations, and, you know, there's plenty of them around. So that's where we're going with already established men's groups. Okay. So if you've got a men's group that meets once a month, maybe they they have a breakfast. So I know a lot Mm -hmm. of groups that have a Saturday morning men's breakfast. Are you up for getting up and being there to do a presentation at seven o'clock in the morning? Absolutely. You know, it's this is a twenty four seven thing and as we launch this thing and as I train the trainer, I'm looking for that to get people to help me. 
how are we going to contact you? Because I'll put a link or contact um, email in these show notes so that people can reach out to you. Yeah, you'll put my link to my email, jrevelis at anaheim.net. Oh, okay. And that'll be the very good start to go that route. All right. Okay, we'll do that. I'm also looking for organizations that want to be trained to then do this presentation. So as much as I want to do these presentations personally, as it grows exponentially, every time I'm somewhere else, I know what I'm not doing on my law enforcement end of it, and I, and I switch hats back and forth. So, and they're both absolutely equally necessary to do. You know, look at the meetings that I run across with you, and when I'm there, I'm not with the team doing our job. That's right. But I see that as part of my job. So I I go between these two worlds, equally important to me. One question for you on the men's groups. Uh, One of the Mm -hmm. things I'm, you know, as I'm thinking about this, and as I'm about to ask this question, I'm realizing probably my own naivete on this, but uh, one would hope that some of the, the men's groups and the religious organizations, that there would be less of a prevalence of this in, in these men's groups that there would be in the general population. Is the hope to reach some of the people in the men's group, but, but is there also a secondary goal, I'm wondering, of that the people who then become educated in these men's groups would that go out to their families and friends and, and other places where they can also help educate? Is there, I'm just curious like how you all are thinking about that. Absolutely, because... You know, there's going to be, as I go across the groups, there's going to be sitting people sitting in there that are the issue, right? But it's a very small percentage. Let's leave it at that. The other there are there to want to be aware of it, to be aware of the problem. How can I help? So you do have that as well. We also have that component of, of the presentation. But at the same time, once you're aware of the problem and how it sits, so the next time you sit there among men, and this is even thrown out as a joke, that you put a stop to that and really you are then spreading the message like, this is nowhere near a joke. This is what I know, and this is what entails for these girls to be here. So that's the hope of it as well, that the more people realize the extent of the problem and how it is a problem, that that word gets out there. And, you know, I'd like to see where we're at five years from now with our demand part. We're at the starting stages right now. Yeah, there's a responsibility for all of us then, regardless of how we're approaching that information Correct. to to take it and utilize it. I, I was just thinking, Sandy, as, as Juan was talking of being in a situation where I, I remember hearing a sermon in a, in a church here in South County where the pastor used the term pimping as a, as a colloquial term, you know, and I remember talking, having that conversation later about, you know, I'm not sure you know what that term really means, like in, in, in using it in a faith-based setting. And so even in situations where we don't necessarily see a crime happening, like of changing just the conversation and the dialogue about how we're talking about these things and raising awareness does make a big difference. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why even this podcast, this message goes out. We do as much as we can and you know, run across Sandy everywhere because that is the message, the awareness part. There's, you know, now you know, that old saying, you know, now you know and you choose not to do anything about it. Well, and, and for me, if you equip, uh, especially young men, men, well, men of any age, to be ready to step up and say something. Lots of times, what, what Dave mentioned, feeling uncomfortable hearing an expression in a, in, a, in a sermon or in some kind of social setting and knowing you're uncomfortable with it, but you don't know what to say. So if they have this training with you, they're going to know what to say, how to say it. So the train the trainer and the multiplication creates a movement of people who are 
actually going to stand up for those who are being so exploited, literally. So I'm excited about that. And we will we'll definitely put some more information about that in, in our show notes. Um, but I'd kind of like to know just a little bit more about how your experience with the task force has been and, and seeing how things have changed. You've already mentioned um, things moving from the street to online Are there any other trends that you can kind of update us on? Yes, you know, and it's and it's a good trend in the bathroom in the sense that we've focused so much on catching them here, and especially with juveniles, that uh, you know the girls are coming by themselves without the 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 trafficker or the pimp, you know, which makes it a little bit harder for investigations as we look at finding him. So you you have a pro that he's not with them; they're sending them. And we're hoping that since he doesn't have that iron hand over them, that we might have a shot at them, you know, reaching out to the resources that we have here and the help. The negative part to that is we don't get to catch him. You know, it becomes harder to try to track him because he's in Oakland. You know, all those things that come within our investigations. So those are the pros and cons that we're seeing of that trend. So you mean it's like remote pimping, if I could say that? Yes, because they, they, you know, they trust them enough. Those girls, they call them, they're on automatic. I can trust them enough that I'm going to send them there and they're going to do what I tell them to do and they're going to bring me my money back. So there is a term that they actually use, automatic. She's on automatic or I'm on automatic. They'll tell us that he's not here. Right? And more and more of them being forced to go to put him out there because they know the county is here. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I just got this. I'll read it off right off the computer right now, we'll get to this here, is that you know, as we look into the sex purchaser thing, we're obviously in the websites, right, as we look mm-hmm. for stuff like that. Yeah. And th- these are purchasers posting. All right, I'll read it to you right now because it's, it's, it's really to the point that we're making regarding awareness, but it's out there. And this purchaser posted, I was in OC for a week till I was greeted by the Human Trafficking Task Force yesterday evening. Harbor and Hazard is the best you'll ever get right, in Santa Ana, but be careful, they're on the hunt for the guys, very heavy. Wow. I like to see this stuff, you know, and this is where this is going to grow, this is within their own world, the sex purchases that talk to each other, and this is what they're talking about. I would so, like to them be talking more about that. So they actually post online to be careful in Orange County. Correct. If you think of a sex purchaser world, think about, think about Yelp. Okay. And these guys go on there and rate locations and women and talk to them like they were objects. If, if, you, if you get Yelp and you transfer it over to the guys rating locations and women, okay. that's so, exactly what it is. And that's how they talk to each other. So we're all listening to you and feeling outraged and revulsed all at the same time. It just takes the idea of exploitation to another level. Wow. Right. That's why now you understand that publicity, as bad as it sounds, where people's lives are going to be ruined, it has, it's a must. Mm. It is a must to deal with this issue of the demand part. And my sympathies, you know, I think about, you know, as, 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 a, as a human being that somebody's life is going to be destroyed because their face is going to be plastered all over whatever we come up with. But my sympathies now, having done this for a while, are 100% on that. 14, 15 year old, even that 21 year old has been in it since she was 14. That's where I save my sympathies for right now. I feel bad, but that's where my focus is 
to really put a stop to this demand part because it is Orange County's issue. And and the the point for me, having um, a more national perspective, is that there's an Orange County replicated over and over again um, up the coast, the West Coast, from um, San Francisco and um, Seattle, and on the East Coast, um, the same kinds of things. So the attention now on the sex purchaser as driving demand, and there are there are some movements in in the prosecution side of things where they've been able to draw enough of the connections to consider a sex purchaser part of the trafficking model. And those kind of, of charges are going to carry a lot more weight as felonies than a misdemeanor um, in, in a, um, what we've known in the past where it's been kind of dismissed as not that big a deal. Right. Uh, absolutely. And, and there isn't, you know, literally prisons are being emptied right now. So as we look like, oh, we need to give these guys more time. Time is not the thing with them. It's going to be the threat of exposure and publicity. That's what's going to, you know, having done this for a while, I know that that is the key that's going to work. And it's going to take several people to suffer from it for that message to get across even more to it, or at least realize that stay away from the juveniles. Yeah. If you even think it's close, don't. Your your stance is really tough. You make me think of John Cotton Richmond that was uh, in a previous episode, and we'll put a link to that there. But his focus on using the full weight of the law as a deterrent, this is exactly in the same lane with that. And um, I'm more and more convinced by guys like you and John that there, we do need to be looking for better deterrence. And at the same time, and that's why I love it, that you're part of a task force that's victim-centered, that has prevention opportunities, and that's what I love to do, working on educating kids and finding at-risk families and all of, all of those things. But you're an important piece of the success of our Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. And I just want to know what makes you wake up every morning and say, I'm going to keep doing this? You know, I tell you, it's me and my team. It's me and my team as we go through this. And, you know, as this started and very quickly, you realize that that term modern day slavery, mm-hmm. not hyperbole, it is exactly what it means from control to punishment heck, even to the pimp stamp. Now you, I just stamped you, you belong to me. And we talk about that they're sold, you know, from one to the other. And at the same time, when you see all this, we realize from what group they recruited from, Mm. right? These young girls that have this history, that have this thing, and this is who they picked to bring on. Not Not that any other one would have been better, but it's just the most vulnerable out there and this is who they are, and all you are to them is a, a commodity. commodity. Um, yeah. So my last question for you, Juan, Sergeant Ravellis, as a leader, what do you see that we as a community need to do better? I think we're working on it, and it's the housing situations. 
that uh, give me more options that I can, especially a juvenile or these young ladies, something that is doesn't look like a shelter, that they have negative connotations to it, something that it's not a motel, that I can put them somewhere in the middle of the night, a home for them, a home with people that will understand, you know how this population is exactly the needs that they have. Because as we go on to the next case, these cases continue, and I... I look at counting to somebody, you know, you know, this task force, there's all these people in support of us, the DAs, and I truly am appreciative of it. But that's where I think the Orange County community, you know, as we work toward it, it's finding the housing that is going to be there for this precise population. Because as I've talked to them before, they are this mix, this combination of a DV victim, domestic violence victim, a sex crimes victim, and as you look into their background, you know, molestation, all rolled up into one. It's very specific. complex, very yeah. complex. And in fact, we actually, because that kind of specialized housing is very expensive, and we have the will to, to rescue, we have the will to prosecute, but the will to put out the kind of money that it's going to take to have the housing that you've identified, Juan, that's something that we do need the whole community to do. We did a we did a podcast with Joyce Capelli a while back, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes about what does it take to house and care for one of these very very vulnerable young people. And you hit the nail on the head. That's our next big thing. Our community has to do, and they're moving in that direction. You know, several meetings that I had a year, year, I think you're part of those as well. It's moving in the direction that we needed to go. And it's just a matter of awareness, understanding, and seeing this. So that's, I, you know, as, as the leader to the law enforcement group, that's what I really think that the community moves forward. And other than this demand part that the community is going to help me with, and they're moving, we're moving in great strides toward that. And by the way, that demand part is not just that. There is resources that are put within the presentation. If you are this person, this is these are all the groups that are here to help you so you do not find yourself in, you know, in handcuffs by my group. So that it's all in there. And it is a community that's helping me. Is it it's the community that's gonna help it grow. And I have no doubt that in very short order, I mean within the next year or so, this housing problem, because we are moving in the direction, is going to be solved by the Orange County Committee. So my drive to catch these guys you know, I told you it's just who they are. What backs all that? Well, I know I'm all over the state. It's because I know what's in place here. I know what's in place here in Orange County. There to support everything that I do and my guys do with what they everybody does best, what you do best, what somebody, you know, social services does best, CSP, the DA's office. Everybody is trying their best. And then we've combined these efforts. Got to love Orange County. That's right. We're a team, and I love being yeah. part of that. Thank you for including me in your in your remarks. Um, I thank you so much, and we just have to have you back, and and we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Okay. And thank you for giving us part of your day. Um, go put your white hat back on and get out <laughs> there and and do what you do best. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Sergeant Ravella. Sandy, there's just so much um, here from a standpoint of 
uh, partnership, but we keep hearing about it. And, and, and just to talk about housing and how important that is from the law enforcement perspective. And uh, it's just a it's just a constant reminder to me of the importance of so many of the different lenses we look through human trafficking on in this show. And we want to hear your perspective as well. We want to be able to respond to the things you're seeing through your lens locally. And you can reach us anytime by emailing us at feedback at endinghumantrafficking.org. And we do have a new website for the podcast. We've mentioned on a couple of the recent shows. It's now at endinghumantrafficking.org. A lot of resources, all the past episodes are there. Check that out if you haven't already. There's also a place to join in with our mailing list. And if you haven't already, I hope you will take a moment, especially if you've been listening to the show for a while, to leave a rating or review for the show on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever platform you listen to. It is very huge. Very huge. That's not really good grammar, Sandy, is it? That's okay. Close enough. You know what I mean. Um, I'll give you an A (laughs) minus. Thanks. I'll take it. It's huge on helping other people to find the show. And the more people we have doing this, Sandy, to the point uh, Sergeant Wallace made, I mean, it makes all the difference. Thanks so much. And uh, Sandy, see you in two weeks. Thanks, Dave. Take care, everyone.